Hey, welcome to the Doc Washburn Show. This is Donnie Copeland sitting in for Doc Washburn, and uh, this is episode 203, 203, and uh, we're going to be talking about all the hate behind uh, Donald Trump. What is driving the hate behind Donald Trump? And uh, so tonight we're going to be talking about that. Thank you so much for joining us. We're thankful that you made the effort to be here this evening and uh, looking forward to this time together. We'll be uh, together one more uh, time and then uh, Doc will be back. In fact, I just talked with him. He's on the road home and going to get a little bit of rest tomorrow. Rest up and he'll be back with you uh, for episode episode 205. So I'll be with you for three and four and he'll be right back with you. So uh, to spend this time with you. Thank you so much for the way uh, you've been so kind uh, to me and I appreciate it so very much. So but let's dive right in. Uh, I don't think it's any secret that there is a just a very unhealthy uh, and um, insane amount of hate for Donald Trump. I was looking through some articles today, and uh, uh, it was a article of Trump actually speaking at a World Forum. And back there behind Donald Trump uh, was Emmanuel Macron. Uh, there was Justin Trudeau. There was uh, Merkel. Uh, the late uh, uh, Abe uh, R. Abe from Japan, uh, and, and a lot. Uh, there's others I can't can't recall. Uh, obviously, all of them. There were quite a few more than that, and uh, it seemed like Cameron was there for some reason, uh, and Boris Johnson, and and everybody was just laughing and you know. Tickling, having a tickle fight and with each other while Trump was um, while Trump was speaking, and and you know and the the world laughed and the world got a big laugh at it because these people were uh, mocking, if if you will, Donald Trump. And the thing about Donald Trump is he doesn't care. I mean, he's got a billion dollars. He's uh, you know got a beautiful wife, got a beautiful family. Uh, very accomplished, accomplished literally everything that he's ever set out to do. Um, and he became president. He ran for president and sacrificed, gave his salary up, never took a dime of it uh, to to represent the people that elected him. And that's exactly what he did. Was he perfect? Not by any stretch, but he was better than any president in my lifetime, including Ronald Reagan. Um but so they're laughing. But here's the irony of, of them sitting there laughing. These are the same people uh, in England that is flooding England with migrants who are murdering. Uh, and, and that's not all migrants, obviously. Uh, but a lot of these migrants who are criminals trying to escape their country that get in with the people who are trying to escape for a better life. You've got criminals that do the same but to escape punishment. And they are, um, they're in there too, so they're wreaking havoc. Uh, you've got uh, Merkel selling out Germany and their health, po- uh, their energy policies. You've got Macron uh, with the same problem as England has with uh, 
uh, migrants, uh, not to mention a huge Muslim problem as, as the UK has, he also has in France. So while they're sitting there laughing and, 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 you know, giggling and mocking Trump, uh, Trump's the only one among those that I'm aware of, and I'm sure there was somebody there that would be the exception, but everybody there that you and I would know by name, every one of them has put globalism and the the quest for this one world government uh, ahead of their own people so who's to be mocked Who, who's really the uh, who's really the character caricature now who's really who should be hung in effigy now is it, is certainly not Donald Trump uh so it's kind of like uh, you know, the Bible even says that in the last days that good will be called evil and evil will be called good. Well, how often do we see that? Trudeau's a hero. For what? He's never done squat. Uh, Macron is just, you know, so young and vibrant, okay? But he's a pathetic leader. And most of these leaders you see like Trudeau, like, uh, Trudeau, like Macron, like Barack Obama, they have zero accomplishment. Uh, the, the one commonality is they're very well spoken, typically, a very well educated, uh, very presentable, uh, and if not attractive, uh, and, and yet there's no substance whatsoever. And so, uh, and, and yet their, uh, their motive is to bring their countries to their knees and join them with this uh, one world government. That is the, that is the, that is exactly the, the role and that is the goal. Um, and, and yet they don't even, I don't think they even know why. I don't think they even fully know why because it's kind of like kids who are diving out of, you know, treetops at midnight in, in Black Bayou when I was a kid, you know, uh, we had kids diving out of the top of trees. Because everybody's down in the water saying jump, jump, jump. They didn't know what was in the water. They didn't know the danger. Uh, but everybody else was in the water hollering jump. You know what? I never jumped. I, I never climbed 40 feet up and jumped in the middle of the night into a stump field uh, by you. I, I never did that. You know why? Because what they thought of me never mattered that much to me. And, and President Trump, it, it, it doesn't matter to him. He's secure in who he is. And that's what makes him so dangerous, uh, to the globalists. And, and make no mistake about it. I've talked about this a little bit, but I want to explore it, uh, kind of from the angle of the hate behind, uh, President Trump tonight. And, uh, you know, and what, what precipitated this was today's news. You know, here's Adam Kinzinger and, uh, he's like, you know, there's more to come with, with January the 6th. Okay, well, when you get to who unlocked the doors, when you get to the t two police officers who killed the two people in cold blood, when you get to Ray Epps and arresting him and put him in the, you know, in the floorboard of the jail, then get back with me. Otherwise, I'm not interested. I don't want to hear it. Um, and so the, the one thing, the reason, see, a lot of people think, uh, well, they don't want Trump to be president of the United States. Do you realize the, the United States, and I, and I know I've alluded to this, but I want to explore it a little bit more tonight. Do you realize the United States is the, 
it is, for lack of a better word, I hope you're not having your snack, midnight snack right now, but it is the hair in the biscuit when it comes to globalism, to the one world uh, apparatus, when it comes to the one world government, uh, what they call it, the social or the liberal, new liberal order. Um, you know, the new one, new world order is George W. Bush. And listen, this didn't start last week, last month, last year, last decade. You had H.W. Bush talking about it. You had uh, Roosevelt talking about the New World Order uh, because this is a spiritual thing. They don't even know why they want it. Uh, the Bible says that Antichrist has, has, has already dwells. This is 2,000 years ago. That Antichrist already dwells on the earth. What he meant by that, what the writer meant was that that spirit or that um, that spiritual uh, force that evil has has always existed. What it is it's an opposition to God, uh, and so uh, America is the the lone force uh, to to stop globalism. If you listen, if you can get America to fall, then then, Amer- then globalism can proceed, and it's it's smooth sailing from there. But America, not only is America the most uh, center-right country in the world, uh, uh, and not only is America the most Christian-based world, I'm not talking about what we used to be compared to what we are. I'm talking about what we are now compared to the rest of the world. We're the most center-right politically uh, country, probably other than some small uh, Latin American countries. And we are by far the most godly, and that's a scary thought, but it's the truth that we are probably one of the most, especially for a larger country, uh, larger in population, that we are definitely one of the most, uh, one of the godlier uh, countries. And um, and I'm going to show you tonight uh, how this insidious desire and quest and it is such a blind uh reach it is such a blind ambition this desire uh to be a globalist economy uh and to you know that's what all this land purchase is about this is what the destroying of the supply chain is about this is what destroying the fossil fuel uh and and the climate change preaching all of that is to usher us into a global system whereby we uh, are forced to rely on someone besides ourselves. Here's a question for you, uh, and uh, we can we can explore it here tonight. Is when did nationalism become a dirty word? You know, you see it. I, I saw it last night on an episode of Law and Order. I uh, said, you know, white nationalists. Let's think about those two words separated from one another. Well, white is no more uh, dangerous or wrong or right or or good or bad than black or brown. So so white is has no intricate or intrinsic evil about it. The the word white, especially relating to race. And the second word is nationalist. And there is there is nothing wrong. All a nationalist means white obviously means your skin is white, which is not technically technically white. But, you know, who's who's count? But when it comes, you know, to nationalist, 
if you think about the word nationalist, it just means someone who uh, loves their country and, and stands for their country. So when did nationalism become evil? I tell you when nationalism became evil. Nationalism became evil when it stood, got in the way of globalists, when it got in the way of there are no individual states, nor are there individual countries. There is one, uh, one government and it is a one world government and countries in, instead of being countries being sovereign, there is one sovereignty. And it is the world system and these states as they were are are these nations now become states. And that is the the, the you know, that the, that's the real goal. And so when you whether you look at climate change or whether you look at a stolen election, all of this is about ushering in globalism. Uh, one supply chain, one currency, one religion. Uh, and so uh, that's that's where we are headed. This actually started started over 70 years ago, but it really escalated uh, probably 30 years ago with the pronounced e uh, escalation of uh, mergers. If you'll notice, there was back in the 80s, the airlines were merging, the banks were merging, uh, and, and you had a lot of light type businesses, really large businesses that that were merging and they were disband, not disbanding, but they were joined together with light minded men and women and starting their own, uh, you know, a, a, a single brand. So you had banks merging you had car dealers merging you had big retailers merging uh you had you know phone companies and data companies merging uh well this merging is a is a microcosm of the macro the macro is you have states merging and you have countries merging and each one of them uh will or has uh joined up with someone uh, and and basically given their identity away uh, to become this, uh, you know, one world or lose their identity to become a part of of the whole. A lot of them don't even know why they're doing it. They, don't, they have no clue. But then comes along Donald John Trump and Donald Trump. In, in, in the seventies and eighties was talking about America first. He was talking about opposite of what George W. Bush was talking about. He was talking about the opposite of what H. W. Bush was talking about. You know, these people are, you know, who Barack Obama is and W. These are people who never worked a day in their life. These are people who sat around in the think tanks and, uh, you know, they got all our buddies all over the world. They're going to put together this, uh, you know, this continuum. And somehow try to f finally balance the sovereignty of the United States with, uh, with these people, uh, you know, that are pining for them to join them. Uh, and, uh, and you, you can only have one. You can't have both. And so, uh, so we, we see this, this quest for this globalism. We see this quest for this one world government. 
Um, and then something happened. Was it in the eighties? Uh, and it's almost inexplicable what happened. There was a push. This seems strange. It seems really small now. It seems like something so insignificant, but it was hugely significant. Most people heard about it, read about it, but never really delved into it and never looked at uh, what really happened when uh, the educational system made a run at a single decision that I think would have escalated us into the one world government much quicker uh, than if it had not happened. And I'm going to tell you, tell you about that here in just a moment. I want to uh, share it with you. It may seem really insignificant to you. It may seem like something that's like, oh, well, no way that could be uh, such a, you know, such a big deal. But I think it's a, I think it's actually uh, a huge deal that uh, that that happened. And uh, and so when we come back, we're going to talk about that, uh, what it was, what was that uh, that happened? What was that that took place? Uh, what was that 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 caused us to look and say, uh, wait a minute, you know, uh, there's there's something, um, you know, there's something here. Uh, and I think when we look back, what we're going to see is that, and there's a reason for it, you know, it's not because we've been perfect as a nation uh, by far, but I think there's a reason that that uh, God has not allowed that to happen with us. I think there's a reason uh, that God has not allowed uh, America to fall the way uh, with every other country, because I think if it would have, I think we would have already uh, for we would have already ushered it in. And I think the one person singularly most uh, responsible for stopping it is Donald J. Trump. We'll be right back. You try to buy a car recently, realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, redriveryourway.com. You will be glad you did.
Let me once again express how thankful we are to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. They make it possible for us to do what we do. Like my friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he has sure helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justice team aims to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton, make sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt of the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. Sorry about that. My timing was a little bit off. I stepped in to get a cup of coffee and uh, thought I had a little bit more time on that. Please forgive me for that. Uh, do you remember back in the 70s? Uh, some of you said I wasn't born in the 70s, so my apologies. But for some of us that were, uh, I was in, I've been in middle school back in the 70s. You remember something, uh, I say something like it was that far in. But you remember the metric system? You remember that? Remember when they introduced the metric system? Uh, uh, let's let's look here and see when it was actually introduced to the United States. Uh, I want to say it was in about '72, um, something like that. Uh, and we were going to learn it, uh, and we were going to. Um, I think it was, uh, in fact, uh, I read somewhere where way back in the 1800s, the metric system was attempted to be used. But it seemed like it was back in the 70s or something like that. Uh, you know, they were going to introduce it. And uh, and it seemed so insignificant at the time. And I was thinking about it the other day. And yet I think it was hugely significant, as is every event in our life has some bearing and the significance of that was and he is to this day is that the metric system while you know you can you can operate a country without uh, a measuring a specific measuring or or type of measuring uh, number system yet the metric system is used by every major nation in the world except for the United States. Do you find that strange? Uh, and there's some, there's some reasons uh, for that. Uh, there, there are some reasons why we don't use the metric system. But I'm going to tell you, I think, there's a, I think there's a reason 
the, the metric system is not used by the U.S. that you won't read about, you won't hear about, perhaps, um, other than right here. Um, I think maybe, and it's not because the French started it. I think they're the, uh, I, th I think we're, I read somewhere where we're one of three, uh, one of three countries that don't use the metric system. Um, and I can't recall right off what the other two are. Um, they're small. Maybe it's like Miramar and Liberia, or, or I think that may be those. Um, but it's almost unbelievable because every major country except for the United States uses the metric system. Uh, but so when I look at it, I think, you know, okay, what, what are the real reasons that we don't use, uh, you use the metric system? Uh, oh, let's see. Uh, I, I think one of the reasons that it's not used one is we're, we're the world leader. And if we don't want to use the metric system, we don't. Uh, also, we are a driver of um, the economy. And so, uh, you know, I think we're kind of the driver. So sometimes the driver is the last one to, to get in with the, get on with the, the change. Uh, obviously, the cost is uh, is huge. I think the lack of industrialization of America is another reason. I think if we were as as industrialized as we were 50 years ago, uh, it, it possibly could be uh, different. Um, but I think the main reason is because it's one of the, even though it's a small thing, relatively, it's one of the few things that keeps us, keeps our autonomy. Uh, it keeps our um, identity. And uh, I think you need autonomy, you need identity uh, to, to be a nation. And that's, that's quite honestly why the word nationalist uh, or national is such a dirty word right now. Uh, I was like, like I said, told you earlier, I was watching Law and Order and, and, you know, they're talking about some white nationalist, like he was some horrible person. Uh, and really, if you look at it as pure sense, I know it's been really maligned nowadays, but if you look at the word white nationalist, it means somebody who's white who loves their country. And if I love my country and I don't hate other people, I, I want there to be uh, people that come here. I, I want people to have an opportunity to come to America. I just want them to, I want them to be vetted. I want them to go through the citizenship process and not just pour over the border. But there's nothing, there's nothing remotely uh, biased, racist, prejudiced or anything else about that. In fact, it's what every other country does. Um, but, 
our, our subject tonight is why, what's behind the hate for Donald J. Trump? Some can say it's his arrogance. Some can say he's, he's so boorish or, or whatever. That's not it. There's a lot of people that are arrogant. There's a lot of people that are boorish. Uh, th- that's not it at all. Um, th- the hate behind Donald Trump, the, the hate that is directed at Donald Trump, and, and then the people that, um, that support him, you and I, the, the hate behind that is otherworldly. It's not normal. And it's not Democrats. And it's not Republicans. It's both. Because there is a, force in this world to bring this world to its knees, to cause this world to worship uh, one way, for you to lose your identity as a nation, for you to lose your identity as a Christian, to lose your economic identity. That's why the guy, who's the clown, World Economic Forum, saying, you know, it is so... Good if you do not have anything. Well, easy for you to say, Buster Brown, living probably got four or five houses and got bodyguards and drives, flies on Learjets, and you're telling me how I'm going to love being broke. Give me a break. But that that's who these people are. And they've got one fly in the ointment. they got one guy that won't play ball. All the Bushes played ball. Romney will play ball. Mike Huckabee will play ball. Um, uh, you know, Ted Cruz will play ball. All of them will play ball. But not Donald Trump. It's like, nope, America first. And that incenses them. No, putting America first. Putting America first when it comes to immigration. Putting America first when it comes to trade. Putting America first when it comes to currency. Uh, put America first. Uh, Donald Trump said something when he was in office. He said, you know, he said, we're going to we're going to trade with everybody and we're going to we're going to we're going to uh, conduct commerce with everybody. But we're going to put America first. And they're just appalled by that. Oh, I can't believe he said that. Well, what do you want him to say? Well, there's a reason. There's a reason that America because we don't, it's like you and I as individuals, we don't, we don't deserve the mercy we have received. We don't deserve the grace that we've received. In, in fact, as, uh, the lady, the, the mother of the soldier who was about to die and she begged President Lincoln for mercy and he said, ma'am, your son doesn't deserve mercy. He, you know, he, he went and fought for the Confederacy. And that mother's reply was, report allegedly, was, Mr. President, if he deserved mercy, would be called mercy. But none of us deserve mercy, but we received it. America doesn't reserve, deserve mercy. America has killed 60 million innocent children. There is blood dripping off of our hands. We do not deserve mercy. Uh, but yet here we are. And yet there's a man that, uh, stopped this from happening and created this movement. We had lost our way. We had nothing to rally about. Nobody's rallying behind Mitt Romney. 
Nobody's rallying behind a bush. Nobody's rallying behind these cowards. You see my uniparty flag. It's the Ukraine flag, and the blue is godless Democrats, and the yellow is gutless uh, GOP. Nobody's rallying behind that garbage. But, man, President Trump comes along, and 50,000 people are listening to him in a cornfield in Iowa. 70,000 people in an airplane uh, hangar in a uh, suburb of, of Atlanta, Pennsylvania, and Texas. What happened is people said, hey, you know what? This country is worth fighting for. This country is worth keeping. This country is worth. There is somebody that will fight for us. There is somebody that's not a part of the political game. There is somebody that won't get in there and then use insider trading, Nancy Pelosi and uh, every everybody else in there uh, and, and every way they can to uh, ingratiate themselves and benefit themselves and leave Congress and Senate with pockets full of money on $180,000 a year living in one of the most expensive economies in the United States in Northern Virginia. And yet they leave with millions of dollars. There's a guy that said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going there to ingratiate myself. I'm not going there to make money. I've already made money. I'm going there to try to save America. And I don't know if there was a spiritual side to this for Donald Trump, but I do know there was a spiritual side to it, whether Donald Trump was aware of it or not. And I'm going to tell you, there there are reasons, just like there are reasons that God has showed his mercy uh, to me and to you, because it's not just about us, because we don't deserve it. But it's it's probably as much or more about our children and about our spouses and about our neighbors and about that guy that uh, I, I've been texting with uh, that was an alcoholic for 14. Uh, no, for, for 34 years. I met him 14 years ago. And he sent me a text this afternoon and said, hey, Donnie, I just wanted you to know. So for the first time in 25 years, uh, I have a regular driver's license, driver's license. And for the first time in 25 years, I don't have to have a mechanism in my car that I have to blow. I get it. I get it. I had it taken out today for the first time in 25 years. And so the reason that God showed me mercy was not because I deserved it. It was because I had three little boys that needed a father and needed somebody that was worth, you know, their salt that would make a living and that would be faithful to their mother and would be a father and not run all over the place. And so he showed me mercy and grace, not as much for me as he did for my three children, for my wife and for the guy that called me today that I've had, I've been blessed to have some influence over. And for the first time in 30 years, he's not bound and he won't go to bed drunk tonight. Uh, over the last year, and the results of that is today he got a regular driver's license for the first time in over two decades. And, oh, by the way, you know what he's going to do Sunday? I ask him. Uh, he doesn't attend our church or anything. I mean, he does, but it's hit and miss. But I ask him if he would drive our van to go pick up some people because he wants to give back. You see, that's, that's the reason. And the reason that God has showed grace to America is not because we deserve it. 
And it's just like God, you know, God didn't use Billy Graham. God didn't use Franklin Graham. God didn't use uh, Doc Washburn. Uh, these are good, godly, moral men with great uh, communication skills. No, God uses a bull in a china closet, arrogant, boorish, braggadocious Donald Trump. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you when we come back. I'm going to tell you why I think, just like why he showed me grace and why he showed me mercy. I think there's a, there's not a reason. He didn't say, he's not saving America just to save America. He's saving America for a reason. He's saving America for a purpose. The Bible says that when the salt of the earth has lost its savor or its effectiveness, how will the earth be salted? And that's an old uh, world term. Salt was used to preserve meat. And what God was saying was here in this particular passage, he was saying if salt loses its effectiveness, then the meat rots. And if and if America is not what it needs to be, and God doesn't help it some way, somehow not become totally rotten and it loses all effectiveness, then then the world basically is is done for. And so America, look at America as the linchpin holding this thing together. And then look at Donald Trump as being the linchpin holding America together. And you and I as the linchpin holding Donald Trump together. That's the, that's the thread and God's holding it all. But when we come back, I'm going to show you what I think, uh, God is up to what I think uh, why I think God has saved America through someone like Donald Trump and what that means for 2024. And uh, I thought it was, I really thought it was going to happen and it did happen in 2020. We know the election is stolen, but that God's not surprised by that. He, he knows these people are the worst of the worst. Um, and they're not going to stop it much. There's very little that will stop them uh, in in what they want to do. But listen, whatever God has planned, many of the plans of a man, but the ways of the Lord are sure. Listen, if God's got a plan to do something, uh, you and I can't stop it. And, and the globalists sure can't stop it. We'll be right back. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? Call my friend, Jonathan Presswood, today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement. But how many of us will actually experience it? 
No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501-303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Hey, I'd like to help you with some health issues. You have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas which only weighs two ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. You're outside Central Arkansas. Go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. Sure hope you can, too. Chris, I'm going to research that. There's a lot of reading and uh, not be able to read all that while I'm on the air. So I will, uh, I'll read that and get back with you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for everybody that's on with us tonight. Uh, I am Donnie Copeland sitting in for Dot Washburn. Dot will be back, uh, day after tomorrow. Uh, so I'll be back with you one more episode, then he'll be picking back up, uh, on Thursday. So again, thank you. And so the question tonight is, while the hate for Donald Trump, it's not, it's not normal. It's otherworldly. It's it's much deeper than just the hate for Mitt Romney or the hate for uh, um, the the Bushes or whatever. Uh, it, no, no, it's 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 much much deeper than that. And and I tell you, I, b- I believe the the motivation for this hate is that if you look at it, if you look at the, the continuum of time and you see that the United States is on a journey uh, toward globalization, the homogenization of, of countries where there are no more countries. There is a one world order. There is a liberal world order. Uh, the Bushes like to call it a one world order. Back in the early 1900s, presidents were talking about the the one world order and 
Uh, and this is in the Bible. And uh, you don't have to be religious. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about it in religious tones tonight. Uh, but just to suffice to say, there will be a financial system that is uh, universal. Uh, there will be a religious system that will be universal. Uh, there will be a uh, a a government uh, that will be universal, and so you have this universal system of religion, of finances, and of government, and uh, people are um, they are citizens of the globe, not citizens of their particular nation, and so you have. This guy, Donald Trump, comes along in 2020, and he's talking like 1950 or 60. And these globalists are like, what the heck is going on? You know, we've got this guy that has, you know, done business all over the world. He's a billionaire, and he's talking like uh, some hayseed hick. What's the problem? And I don't know, uh, and, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend uh, that, you know, Donald Trump did or didn't get, you know, direction from God to say, hey, I want you to save America. I want you to stop them from going through the slide. Because make no mistake about it, uh, when you read, uh, when you read, well, go back and read history, but also read the Bible just from a, a insight sense about the future. And you'll find that everybody that goes along with this system uh, shocker is, is, uh, played for a fool and becomes subservient and becomes, uh, victims and hostages of this system. Uh, there is no freedom. There is no individuality. There is no prosperity. It's all homogenation. It's everything exactly the same, uh, except for those at the very top. Um, and, and so some things never change. Uh, and, and in reality, and I don't want to get too far out here and, and lose you, but in reality, because God is one, because God operates as one, uh, Satan, uh, is a copycat and wants to copycat what God does. And that is everything, uh, is under God's purview and it's singular. Uh, and so that's what the devil wants to do. So he hates individualism. God has this a way, way of being one and still allowing you to be an individual. He doesn't make you do anything you don't want to do. He doesn't force you to pray or to read your Bible or to attend synagogue or attend the church. You do that out of your own self-will. And you're not made to do it. You do it because you want to do it. You don't do it because you have to do it. And so, uh, but, but I digress. So you, you have this world order that is bought into either very wholeheartedly by the elites of this world or at least not fought by the rest. And then here comes Donald Trump and says, no, we're not doing this. And I don't know that Donald Trump said, you know, I'm going to fight globalism. I'm going to fight the one world, the liberal world order. Uh, maybe his was a little more simplistic than that. And maybe I'm not giving him enough credit either. But maybe his was more of, no, I'm not, we're not putting America's interest uh, behind the interest of 
a handful of global elites. Uh Uh-uh, we're not doing that. But the results were all the same, and that was the uh, headlong dive toward globalism uh, all of a sudden was detoured in 2016 by President Donald Trump. And uh, for four years, not only was it detoured, uh, track was torn up, and progress that had been made was was unmade, if as it were. And so you had 2020, and something had to be done. And I'll just go on record right here and tell you straight up that the globalists stole the election from Donald Trump. But I, I believe that Donald Trump very well will run in 2024. I, I don't know how. I, I don't pretend to know how. But I do believe that by divine nature and by divine design and through people like Mike, Mike Lindell, a lot of people, a lot of their efforts. So I'm not minimizing our efforts that we put forth. We don't just sit and let God do all the work. But through a lot of people's efforts, I believe there's enough uh, voting integrity salvaged and replenished in 2024 for President Trump to be reelected. And I think those four years are four of the most pivotal. They are the most four, the, the four most pivotal years in the history, in the existence of both the United States and mankind sans the birth of Jesus Christ. And, and I, please understand me. I'm not saying that I rank Donald Trump with Jesus Christ. I'm saying God is using, it's God. God uses men like Donald Trump. Unlikely men that most people, most theologians, most preachers, most even congregants wouldn't use, wouldn't choose this guy. But see, God didn't choose him based on his goodness. God didn't uh, choose him based on his Sunday school record. God didn't choose him based on his merit. God chose him on his ability and his willingness to be used. And I believe that he can stop and stymie globalism for four years and get it off track and buy his time. Buy his time for what? One, to repent as a nation for the 60 million children that we have murdered. One, for all the atrocities that we've supported all across this world, nation building, and sending our young men and women to die for causes they nor we even know why they died to this day. And so there's a lot of stuff to get right and for people to get right. But I think the, the, the biggest thing is, and the thing that makes this so amazing is that uh, here's a statistic that you might not be aware of. The Bible says that God won't put an end to this age until the whole world knows about him, until the, the gospel is what it says is published throughout the world. And so again, uh, I believe that God can use a man like Donald Trump to stop the, the, the headlong journey toward globalism. And here's why. Did you know that 95 percent 
of all missionaries originate in America. That 95% of, of every missionary that is in, on foreign soil today started out in either a American uh, Bible school, Amer- was financed by Americans, came out of an American church, but 95%, God chose this nation with all of its faults, with its deep, deep-seated failures, and used us to evangelize the world. And God says, I need a little more time. I need a little more time and to stop this headlong dive into uh, the one world order. And I, I believe Donald Trump has been, and I believe he is the person, and I believe that is the hate behind Donald Trump. I don't believe it's just his politics. I don't believe it's just his past uh, sins and mistakes and miserable failures. Um, because here, here's why I say that, because so many people that used to love him now hate him. And the only reason they hate him is because he is opposing uh, globalism. He is opposing the homogenization of America and America becoming uh, weak and indifferent and becoming one of the whole. And that's why they hate him. He's got people that hates him. They don't even know why they hate him because their spirits are not right. And so, uh, that's what I, that's what I believe, uh, is, is behind the hate for Donald Trump. Uh, a friend of mine and I are writing a book and it is killing globalism. Uh, and, uh, it is, it is about Donald Trump, God using Donald Trump in this last hour to, uh, stymie globalism. And, and so, uh, this this is uh, not a time to fear. It's not a time to be afraid. Uh, it's a time to uh, to to check our spiritual uh, and financial in every way. Uh, and you say, well, man, I, you know, I got a lot of I got a lot of making up to do spiritual. I got a lot of making up to do financially. Well, we all do. In some way. So you, you can't make up everything in one night. Can't make it up in a day. Which the only thing you can do is start right now and work on your spiritual and work on your, your, uh, financial or whatever, your family, whatever else you work on it a day at a time. And, and you didn't get, I didn't get in this mess in a day. The, the nation didn't get in, in this mess in a day. We're, you're not going to get out of your financial situation. You're not going to get out of your spiritual mess in a day. Uh, if, if it took you longer than a day to get in, it's going to take you longer than a day to get out of it. But the thing about it is, so man, I wish I would have done this 50 years ago, but you didn't and I didn't. So you know what we do? We draw a line and we get over it and we say, you know what? I'm starting today. You do like Jason did. The guy that um, I saw him at Bible study 12, 14 years ago, and he reeked of alcohol and fish. He'd been fishing, and he was drunk the day that he came to Bible study. And and there's been a lot of 4 a.m. phone calls with him drunk out of his gourd. And yet 14 years later, the, the sweetest call I got was from him today saying, hey, 
I just wanted you to know I passed my driving test and they took my uh, mechanism out that I have to blow every, what is it, minute and a half or whatever. And uh, so I'm, I'm good to go. No more SR22 insurance, you know, paying thousands of dollars. No more 4 a.m. drunk phone calls. But it didn't, didn't happen overnight. Didn't happen in a day or a week or even a month. So what I'm not sure I've got that much time. Well, you start here, do the best you can. God will do what you can't. If you'll do what you can, God will do for me what I can't if I'll do what I can. But here's the good news. The good news is we have somebody. Now, people mention Ron DeSantis. I love Ron DeSantis, but I don't know what Ron DeSantis is going to do. I don't know when the globalists start standing up to him, when they start attacking him like they have Donald Trump. I know what Donald Trump will do because I've watched him. So you know what I'd rather do rather than take a flyer and say, cross my fingers, say, well, Ron DeSantis doesn't mean tweet. Or Ron DeSantis doesn't say things, you know, off the cuff. No, can't take a chance. You know, I got brain surgery, not not literally, thank God. But if I was having brain surgery and somebody said, well, you know, that that brain surgeon's a nut. And, uh, you know, man, you have you seen his tweets and how he acts and what he says? And he's a nut job. So, yeah, but I mean, I've seen him and he I've watched him. And man, when the pressure's on. That dude, he doesn't melt. Well, this new guy, man, he seems like he'd really be good. You know, he's he's helped. He's assisted. And he's done some smaller surgeries over here in Florida. And uh, his name's DeSantis. And, man, you might want to, you know, take a flyer on him. Well, you go ahead. But for my brain surgery, I'm going to use Dr. Trump. And so uh, this is not the time to take a flyer. This is not the time to try a guy out. No, we got, we, we're calling the bullpen. We're calling for the closer, man. We're calling for rocker. We're calling for, uh, Mario. We're, we're calling for the best. So we're going to do the tweet of the day. Tweet of the day is brought to you by Red River Your Way. Red River Your Way. If you're uh, looking for a new car, do us a favor. Go to the website. Click on Red River Your Way. Uh, call them and say, hey, man, listen to you on the Doc Washburn show and, uh, Man, just, you know, don't know if I want to buy a car over the the Internet, but, uh, man, I just appreciate what you guys do. I appreciate how you stand with Doc, and uh, I want to at least give you a shot and uh, hear what you guys have to say. Would you do that for us and just give them a shot? I know there's people out there that's getting ready uh, and you're shopping, but give them a call and just tell them, say, man, I heard you on Doc Washburn, because I'm going to tell you something. When Doc got fired from Cumulus Media, the first person that called him was the owner of Red River Your Way and said, Doc, he said, I want to support you. He said, I want to, I want to take some of my dollars away from the, the, uh, the company that fired you and I want to give it to you and uh, I want to support you in what you're doing. And quite honestly, we probably would not have, uh, we would not have been able to start this, uh, start this show if it were not for Red River Your Way. So, uh, so your tweet of the day is brought to you by uh, Red River uh, Your Way. Uh, man, what a – I've been talking to, to you about the Uniparty. So here's a quote by Ulysses S. Grant. There are but two parties now. This was back in the what, 1700s, 1800s? There are but two parties now, traitors and patriots. 
That's your tweet of the day. That's truth straight up. Hey, this is Donnie Copeland sitting in for Doc Washburn. This is the Doc Washburn Show. You've been listening to episode 203, and uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow. And uh, I'm glad you stayed with me today to listen to what's behind the hate of Donald Trump. Thank you for being so uh, diligent to listen and to support me uh, while I sat in for Doc. Doc, thank you for giving me.